This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Our show continues to grow so fast. We just had the biggest month in show history, and I love the DMs. Keep them coming. I love to hear how our conversations are helping you in your career. And thank you to so many of you who have reached out to me after hearing my story, my ongoing battle with cancer. It means so much to have you reach out to me. Uh, I'm glad to hear the story has been helpful to so many. Thank you. Keep those coming. But let's turn forward to the future now. Today, I have a different kind of guest, one I am so excited to dive into a fun conversation with. I could not be more excited to welcome Jane Hansen to our show. Now, Jane's a nine-time Emmy award-winning television journalist turned communication coach. She works with executives around the world, helping them learn to communicate better. Jane's work helps leaders build executive presence, create meaningful connections to their teams and audiences, and create impact that truly is a difference maker. Now, as an anchor for NBC, Jane reported on every major event from the tragedy of 9-11 to the celebrations in the streets with the Yankees and every major twist on turn you could ever imagine on Wall Street. And all along the way, Jane learned the arts of, connect of both connection and communication. As the founder and CEO of HHH Productions, Jane shares these insights with leaders who rely on elite communication skills in order to fuel the growth of the organizations they lead. Today, she's joining us to share insights on one of the most important skills every single leader must have, and that's becoming an elite communicator. If you can't tell by my energy, I am pumped to get this one started. Jane, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And on behalf of 50,000 sales leaders around the world, let's rock and roll. Ooh, I'm so ready. 50,000. That's amazing. What a great number. We, uh, yeah, it's been five years and, and we have leaders listening to us today, Jane, every industry, every company size, 
uh, people that are very seasoned, people that are new, and all of them will benefit uh, from the insights you've got for us today. So thank you. So super excited to have you. Well, I'm super excited to be here. All right. Why don't you get started by introducing us to HHH and what you guys do for your clients? Well, um, I have two kinds of communication uh, skills that I really work on. One is about media for people who are going to go out and be interviewed or even doing their own videos, which, by the way, is an amazing thing for people to do because they tell their message in, in their own way and, and put it on video. And 87% of the people in this country learn from video versus anything else. And then I have the presentation side, which is really when it's it's a misnomer to just call it presentation training because it's everything from how do I make a great presentation? How do I moderate or be a member of a panel? How do I how do I do a keynote address? How do I talk to my team? How do I talk to my peers? How do I have tough conversations? How do I get executive presence? I mean, it the list goes on and on and on. And it's become even more important since we went through the awful period of COVID. Why? Because we had to learn to communicate in different ways through this lovely little thing called Zoom or Google Meets or whatever the heck you want to use or call it. <laughs> and so, you know, that continues and people have, they still have a hard time, um, especially with those hybrid situations. And so it's just, it's a combination of everything, but key to it all is being sure that you say what you meant to say and that you do it in a way that resonates. And, and that means resonating not just with our words that come out of our mouth, but what our body does to tell those words. Wow, there's so many things we can't go. I didn't even think we were going to talk about body language, uh, but I don't know why I didn't. That's obviously <laughs> going to be something that's going to be uh, interesting for us to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um Man, I, I don't know the best place to start. I think I'll start like wide and let's get narrow. Maybe we can go into a few rabbit holes together in this 45 minutes we're going to have. I, I have a feeling it's going to go fast, Jane. I, I'm really excited that you're here. So let's start with this. You are an expert at helping leaders become expert communicators. You mm -hmm. work with people all around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that everybody talks about and knows we got to be good at. But I would imagine most are not as good at it as they think they are. And so we have a whole bunch of people listening right now. Let's start with this. Why is it so important for these 50,000 leaders that are listening to us to be intentional about how they look at their communication as a skill rather than just what their style is? Well, it's important because if they are leading people, you can't lead people very well if you don't talk to them, if you don't communicate with them. And we, we're more, much more sophisticated than we used to be with all of the, the different ways that we communicate. I mean, come on, there's texts, there's emails, there's phone calls, there's, um, you know, the, the, the Zooms, there's, I mean, we can communicate in any number of different ways. How do we truly know, though, that we're being heard in the way that we were intended? And so, I've, I, there's so many leaders that I've worked with who I use a lot of video in my work. Okay. So I will have them, let's just say I, uh, they're going to do a presentation. So I say, okay, let's do the open to your presentation and they'll do it. And they think they're great. I show them the video and they're unbelievably self-critical. I can't believe I look like that, but starting with their physical appearance, then they hate their voice. Then they start to get into the content and they are, they are 
absolutely dismayed because nobody does that. They don't look at themselves. And I'll tell you this, perception is a huge part of what we label executive presence. So your perception of yourself is completely different than what the rest of the world sees. So what should you do about that? Take your little phone, like I have right here in my hand, and Let's go. and turn it on and record yourself. Simple. And then look at it. And you'll see how the world sees you, not how you see yourself. How often is there a disconnect in how you see yourself and how others see you? Is that a very common thing? Is that a 50-50? Is it uncommon? Like, how often do you see that when you work with leaders? 90% of the time. All right. So let's dive into that. So 90% of the time, nine times out of 10, what we think we're projecting is not the way it's being received. Am I saying that right? Exactly. And and here's the issue. I mean, there's a ton of different issues with it. Some of it is because we um, maybe we're not using the right words. And so the right. language really matters because there's okay, so there's three, there's three key parts about being relatable and resonating. Right. The first one is connection. And this stuff, by the way, isn't new. It comes from Aristotle, 2,400 years old, okay? So nice. so, so it's, it's the, you know, connecting and connecting. You don't connect with people if they don't trust you. So you have to earn trust and that you, they have to believe in your expertise and whatever you're talking about, okay? okay? Then the second part is that you have to be easy to understand. Now, have you ever walked into a corporation, some of these sales leaders we're talking about, and they will talk about, well, we've got the NYG that's going to go to the XCO and the, so they've got all these acronyms that nobody that they're speaking to knows what they are. It's an immediate turnoff. Or there may be culture uh, language that they use that external um, audiences have no idea what that is. And then the last part is about Feelings. Now you're going to say to me, well, why are feelings so important? Why are why? feelings so important? Why? <laughs> Thank you. Good cue. So how do you persuade somebody to buy something? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. That's a long question because I don't <laughs> like the word. Per- I, I, I don't think we should try to persuade. I think we should try to connect to priorities and solve problems. So I guess that's what it is, is create alignment. Maybe, maybe that's what you do is you align with people and, and and become part of what their future is rather i i don't know i'm interested to hear how what you think the answer is can't wait you gotta you gotta make them feel feel that they need it or feel that they want it or feel that it's important or feel that it's got it's got some meaning in in their life my favorite quote ever comes from my which is people will forget what you say they'll forget what you did but they will never forget how you made them feel and what does communication do? It makes us feel. Boy, that's a really great nugget. I can't wait to put that in to Sales Leadership United as a video for everyone. I I love that, Jane, because that applies for salespeople selling to their customers. It applies for leaders, for members of their teams. That that applies to personal relationships as well. We mm-hmm. we should be really I know myself, I've been told that sometimes people, the things I said hit wrong. It made them feel something that I didn't want them to feel. 
So I would have fallen into that 90% you're talking about where, man, I thought it was on point. I thought I was doing good. It turns out my words were brutal and it, it hurt instead of did something else. I like that. So communication, that number three, coming down to how you feel, are they equally weighted? Is one Do they build on each other? Do you have to do one before you can have three? Is there any insight around that? Well, I think you have to have all three. Okay. But when it comes to, so you can, if you want to translate that into body language, for example. So we talk about the visual, the vocal, and the verbal. The verbal being the words, the content that you, of what you're saying. Then the visual is obviously... What are you doing with your eyes? What about your gestures? What about your facial expressions? How about your posture? All of that, right? And yep. then, and then, um, and then the vocal is how are you using our vo your voice? And most people don't use their voice very well. We have this incredible range that we can have. We can talk really, really, really fast, or we can talk <laughs> nice and slow. We can have an interesting pace, or we can talk like this because when we talk like this we're really super interesting so there's all these things that we can do with our voice and then so we've got you know the verbal the words we've got the vocal how you're using your voice and then we've got the visual how are you using your body so what percentage would you apply out of 100 to each one of those in terms of how you resonate or your credibility Boy. I don't know the answer. You're asking a really great question. I would guess that the actual words you say are, I would guess, the least important. And the the body language and tone are probably 80% plus. I don't know. I'm guessing. I, I have no idea. Well, you're not that far off. Let's go. 93% is how you say it and what your body is saying. 93%? Yeah, 7% is verbal. I mean, is yeah, the words, the content. Now, I don't want people to think, oh, so I'm like, if I, you know, it doesn't matter what I say, if I just say it well, then that's it. I get what I want. But you have to, you still have to have, I mean, nobody cares how you say it if, if you don't have the good content, right? Yeah. So this is, uh, I've already finished my first page of notes. This is fun. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to. You write fast. <laughs> trying hard to keep up with you. You're good. This is fun. Um, so I'm thinking about this from a leadership context. I don't want to look at it through the sales context yet because there's a lot of podcasts for salespeople. And I'm thinking now, how do what does that mean for us as a sales leader? But so I got 10 people on my sales team. Um, we have hard jobs, people feel pressure, mental health and sales is an all-time low. Burnout is approaching all-time highs. The percentage of people that are hitting goal is a, is like lower than it's ever been. Um, and so we got people that are putting pressure on them. And now you just give me the visual, the vocal, and the verbal. And the body, the way we use our body and the way we use our tone is nine times more important than the actual choice of words. Mm -hmm. Um What's someone, how does someone put that to work? Like, how do they implement that? As they, I'm, I'm just knowing, I got a bunch of people that are going, hmm, this all makes sense. What do I do? It's like, holy crap. I'm probably like Rob. I'm one of those people that screwed it up. Um, what do I do about it? And can we start with that? Is there any like sure. low hanging fruit on where we start? 
Um, sure, but I, I just want to assure you that virtually everybody screws it up at some point or another. So, I mean, if we were all perfect, I wouldn't have to work. <laughs> yeah, that, amen. I, I'm with you on that. And that's why I like looking at this as a skill. It's not something that you either have or you don't have. Hmm. I'm guessing that for someone like you, who's an expert at this, not only has it been a career, started with you connecting with audiences and having people buying into to Jane, the the investigative or the the news reporter, um, now it's now it's Jane, the trainer of communication. So as you work with leaders around the world, they got to buy into you, uh, and yeah, you're giving them some technique, but you're giving them much more than that. I'm imagining. So well, yes. So we have to start with you have to start with the, with the content, with the words when you're when you're thinking about communicating, but because you have to you have to say to yourself. What is the message that I want to be the bottom line here? What do I want somebody to walk away from this conversation with, or this presentation, or this podcast, or this whatever? What's the key message? And then you have to think about who is my audience, because if you're, you're going to speak differently to your boss or your direct reports than you are to to the whole, the whole, you know, company, you're going to speak differently to a group if it's full of millennials versus um, Gen Zers versus, uh, you know, Gen Xers, etc. You're going to speak differently to if, 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 if the, your whole audience is female versus male, or maybe it's, maybe it's separated by geography or whatever it is. So you've got your, your bottom line message. Like, okay. let's just do it. Let's just do a little exercise here. Let's what go. Your bottom line message about your podcast. About my podcast? Uh-huh. Yeah, we we bring uh, we bring people you can trust. As a leader, we bring people that you can listen to and trust that they are bringing skills, tools, techniques, practices that will help you have greater impact as a leader. Okay. Now, is that the same message for everybody, for every one of these 50,000 people that are listening? Oh, we have some that are leaders, some that are salespeople that want to be leaders. We have some marketers, some enablement people. Uh, and, and then I think maybe my mother probably listens. I don't know. So, Aww. yeah. Well, let's do something <laughs> for your mom. <laughs> um, do you pay her? No. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we've got this bottom, this, this this key message that we always want to get back to because okay. we want to make sure that that's what somebody walks away with. You would be shocked at how many times I've walked into a CEO's office and I said, "What's your key message? What let's what are we gonna what are we working on here? What is it that you really want people to take away from whatever it is we're doing, whether it's a speech or it's maybe they're doing." something new for the for their branding or, or whatever and they'll give me nine messages and I say no you only get one what is it so this is another key part of quote-unquote executive presence it's called clarity mm. so you have to be okay. super clear about what it is you want somebody to take from the conversation love it those places where you screwed up are places where where you weren't as clear about what you were saying to that particular audience. Does that make sense? 
It makes perfect sense. I, I, I believe there's a handful of attributes for leaders. And one of my attributes that I like to teach in building systems is clarity. Mm -hmm. Like I like, I use unmistakable clarity. Uh, so I'm with you. I, I really like this. In fact, I have found, I can't wait to get your take on this. I have found in my work with leaders that over 90% of the time, when there's a problem of some kind, call it a performance problem or dislike, or I don't, know, there's a lot. I don't like to think of negative words. Think of all the negatives that could be in a situation sure. over 90% of the time. It boils down to either unmet expectations unreal unreasonable expectations or either unclear or even unknown expectations and i think that has everything to do with this communication clarity mm -hmm. in fact i wrote down on the sideline what's the point in capitals with an exclamation point that could be the title of our of our episode today what's the point mm -hmm. right and exactly and yeah so that's what i think i think that we often like when you said that 90 percent of the time people people forget um it just it just doesn't stick it made me write down on notes myself, why are people so often misunderstood? Because I know I've been misunderstood many times. Is this why people are often so often misunderstood is we yep. have multiple voices, multiple points, not like this single point of clarity? Exactly. That's exactly right. When you, when you are, you have to, again, thinking about who your audience is. You have to be super clear about what you want them to either do, expect, say, take away, whatever it is. You're, you're communicating with them for some purpose. So what's that purpose? And you, I mean, you just talked about unmet expectations, expectations that were never clearly identified. How about somebody didn't bother to ask what the expectations were? That it's, it, And it's just... And that creates an atmosphere that isn't good for anyone. And if it had just been really super clear at the beginning, the problem would never have happened. The clarity avoids a large percentage of problems that happen in the in yes. the workplace. Yes. Yeah. Would you feel like you could put like a percentage on it or is that too hard? Just it's a large percentage would be avoided? Um, well, I would definitely say well more than 50% or 60%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I love that. I would also, huh? Go on. No, you, you, know, you go. I, I know what I'm going to ask us. I don't want to stop you. Forgive me. No, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll, I'll ask mine and then you'll remember. So okay. the, I, the way I read what you said is it wasn't just the giver. It's on the receiver. So mm -hmm. he's like, someone didn't like ask what the expectation is. It's not just that we say like, so when we're receiving something, we have a responsibility to set clarity, just like the giver, because they may think they have clarity. So if we're a receiver, we have a responsibility to create clarity if it's not there. It, is that part of this? Absolutely. Because so, and this now gets into a whole nother part of what, if we want to talk about executive presence or great leadership, which is called listening. It's why you have two ears and one mouth, right? So if you think about that, what you just described is that here's the, the leader who's giving a very clear, he's giving, he's giving, or he or she is giving what they think is a very clear message of what they're expecting. Yep. But the receiver isn't hearing it clearly and doesn't bother to then follow up and say, 
I think this is what you're telling me to do. I just want to be really clear. And so we we all have to we have to listen to each other more too because that brings another huge discrepancy between people. So so Jane, I feel like we're having a really killer conversation that I'm, I want to turn this into a model when we're done. Um, this means that as a leader, it's not enough to worry about just the things you told me with visual, vocal, and verbal, which I love. And we're going to, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. The leader has to create a situation where there's not only am I listening, like you said, I love that, but I don't know what the right term is. And you, you can help me. It's safe. I don't know if it's psychological safety or professional safety, two of those things. It's okay to say, I need some clarity here mm -hmm. because some leaders, I think, intimidate people and when they give their instructions people are, are conditioned to say yes ma'am or yes sir and they get out and get after it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan Love where Seinfeld. George is George is working for the Yankees and his boss is giving him a special project and he wasn't able to hear the actual assignment when the guy came back on the phone after it clicked off he's like do you got that and George is like yeah sure and the rest of the episode is hilarious about how George is trying to be a detective and figure out what the actual assignment is. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, what's occurring to me as I listen to you is, you know, there's a lot more truth to that than maybe we want to admit in our own organizations. Right. But which leads to, you said, you know, maybe the boss is intimidating. Now, yeah. how do we know the boss is intimidating? How does it, how does that happen? What, what's the appearance that he's giving? What's he, what, what, what's coming off of him? What are the vibes that makes, his employee or her employee afraid to ask a question. Where's that come from? The way that they're interpreting probably the visual and vocal part of things, I'm going to guess. How about throwing another word in here? Let's go. It's called respect. So the thing that I believe is at the core of every good communication is, and this, this can be when you've got some really bad news to deliver, or you've got a really tough conversation, you must have respect for whomever you're dealing with. And if you don't have respect, then you are being inauthentic and you're being unfair to both yourself and whoever whoever else is involved in that conversation or party. So do you have like a framework or something to say? Because respect's a really good word. I love that word, but I'm going to guess it might mean different things to different people. Do you mm -hmm. have anything, when you say respect, like in the spirit yeah. of clarity, can you share what you would like your definition of that? My definition of respect has to, a lot to do with the word empathy. Oh. Which is to, is to, so if you have empathy, empathy means a lot of different things, like putting yourself in the other person's shoes, um, being being allowed to show passion, um, having um, allowing there to be room for emotion. Um, it means that you you know with your body language that you look them in the eye, that you have you know, gestures and everything that's about your body invites in instead of 
instead of barricade yourself. And um, and then there's also this part of it that I think is about being vulnerable. Hmm. What what is it about vulnerability that's so important on creating respect? When you allow yourself to be vulnerable to other people, you get respect. Vulnerable means telling the truth. It means sharing something. I love this. And as a leader with someone that's on your team, I can imagine that makes that becomes even more important mm -hmm. because it's not a transactional something. This goes to the inner workings of a relationship, right? Exactly. And you can't have great teams without relationships. You can't. You can't have anything in life without relationships. Right. This is <laughs> so. good. This is I love how you're forcing me to think about this. And I hope our listeners are forcing themselves to think about this as well. You have a really great way of expressing this and making me think about it. So thank you for sharing this. You've mentioned executive presence a lot of times on this, and, and that is a hot topic right now, whether you're an experienced leader or you're a new leader. There, I, I'm even seeing it show up on 360 reviews for leaders. A lot of times with people I coach will want me to go through their 360s. And there's questions around executive presence. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you, because you've brought it up a few times, I'm guessing that's something that you work on with people. Any, right. Can we talk about executive presence for a little while? Because I think that's something that our listeners will really appreciate. H how do you even define executive presence? Um, I define executive presence as somebody who is confident. They are um, vulnerable. They are respectful. They almost command trust. And I don't mean command it in a, in a you will trust me way. I mean, yeah. because of the way that they treat others, you, that it, that it, their presence commands that. So I've already mentioned a few things that are part of executive presence, such as the perception of, of who and what you are. Um, I've talked about clarity. Um, what else have I talked about? I'm trying to remember all the things I've talked about. So I've talked about listening, which is something you need to do. Um, executive presence means you operate really well under stress. Oh. Um, you know, it's not like you're ever rushed or anything like that. Um, executive presence means you build communities instead of being a dictator. Um, uh, and, and also, they're really, really good really good at sharing their vision and having a vision. I mean, come on, how many leaders do you know that you walk in and you start to talk to them and you have no idea what their vision is, what they, there's a, huh? right? There's a study that just came out like six, less than six months ago that, that they talked to salespeople all around the world. And it, I think it was 78% said, we don't think our leader has any vision. And so like 22% think they do 78% say, I don't, that, that got my attention. So that's really interesting that you, that you shared that. So executive presence is one of those things that people talk about, but I think sometimes it's hard to define. And I'm glad that you gave me all of these things, confidence and all the way down to vision. And I wrote a bunch of words down. Here's what I want to dive into with you. 
And I'm really excited to see where you take this because we've never hit this topic ever in our five years on the show. We've talked about prospecting a lot. We've talked about coaching a lot. We've talked about, we have never talked about specifically this element of communication and, and this executive presence element is a really important issue right now. There's back a long time ago, uh, the Supreme Court was asked to weigh in on what pornography was. And Justice Stewart's answer was, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. Exactly. And, yeah. So you remember <laughs> yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I, I don't think we should say that about anything as a leader. I can't tell you what it is. I know, but I know it when I see it because then we violate your law of clarity. Mm-hmm. So in executive presence, it would be easy to say, man, it's hard to tell you what it is. I just know it when you have it. Can we do better than that? Or, or is, is there yes, anything we, you say? Listen. We can and we should. And okay. I am working with a number of, 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 I would, I would call them very top level managers who want to move up the ranks and are working on their leadership skills. And they all to a person come to me and say, help me gain executive presence. Where do you start? Well, it's really, you start with very simple things. All right. For example, um, uh, I, I, I start with videoing them in their work. And then I assess what it is I see them doing that robs them of credibility. Here's one little tiny example of somebody I've worked with recently who in speaking uses a lot of crutch words. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. And I said, this is destroying your credibility. So how do you stop crutch words? They're, They're really a bad habit. And they also come when we're not well prepared. All you have to do is pause. Just take a pause. Allow there to be dead air instead of rushing to fill every, you know, rushing to fill every second. You don't need to. Watch the best speakers in the world and you will see how often they pause. And when you pause, people pay attention. And it's it's actually a little act of bravery. So we start with no more, no more crutch words. You can't have any more crutch words. And anytime you catch yourself doing it, you have to tell me. Okay. Then we go to appearance. Now, I don't know about you, but I go into a lot of corporate offices. And how are yep. they how are they dressed these days? More casually than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Who do you see that's better dressed the the higher leaders i guess I, i'm guessing mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. interesting I, I worked for a bank for 10 years running corporate sales mm-hmm. and uh, i had to wear a suit and tie I, it had to be like like to the nines every day i was in there that was several years ago i quit i was in there seeing some friends and they were in like slacks and a long sleeve shirt with no tie i'm like wait a minute when did this happen when did the ties go away and so I, I believe there's a little bit of a less of an emphasis there, but I would imagine it's different for every company, but you're right. People at sometimes people at the top are the ones that are most sharply dressed. Yeah. Correct. But I'm not suggesting that you have to wear a suit and tie. And honestly, I've always thought ties were stupid. Um, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but um, I see people who are looking to enhance 
their executive presence who will be in the office in a pair of jeans and a sweater. Okay. And I'm talking about like major financial institutions. Yep. And I say to them, what do you, how do you think people are looking at you right now? And look, I think that we should be allowed to be comfortable and wear whatever we want. But um, I had a financial advisor I was working with recently who was an older guy and he was always dressed in a suit and tie. So he had a big opportunity at a fintech firm to invest a lot of their money. He goes down to their offices and he's got his suit and tie on and probably wingtips or something for all I know. Well, mm-hmm. he walks in the door and here's a bunch of guys sitting around in hoodies with yeah. you know, hats on backwards. Yeah. And they saw him and there's like, there's no connection. Yeah. And he very sadly said to me, I didn't get the business. I said, why weren't you smart enough to figure out how these guys dress? Because you have to connect. So a part of it is knowing how you're going to match the people your audience gets gets back to that thing I talked about, you know, know your audience. And people dress differently in Atlanta, 100%. Georgia, than they dress in New York, than they dress in California, than they dress in. So fix it, make it so your appearance will match. Fits. Yeah, just got to fit. It's good. Any other final thoughts on executive presence? I like that. You say you start with some simple things like how you speak, uh, how you how you look. Is there anything about how you engage? Is there anything, yes. is there any part of that yes, about how yes, you engage? Yes, because yes. here's the, okay. the one other thing that people forget about. They forget about the ROI on small talk. Talk about that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So you go into a, a meeting and this is this is also really good for these Zoom things. So you go into, when you go into a meeting, you always, you don't just start by saying, okay, I'm going to tell you about this big plan I have for you. I'm going to solve all your problems. You have a conversation first. You walk into an office and you see somebody's got pictures of, of a sailboat. You go, hey, you like to sail. I love to sail. You make a connection, right? Do the same thing in a Zoom meeting. Get on early. Talk to the first person that's there, the second person, the third person, something simple like, hey, where are you today? Well, I'm in Minnesota. Wow, what's the weather like? I mean, is, is it snowed yet? And you, know, you can do, so you really, you get, you make a connection. And a lot of people are very uncomfortable with small talk. And we got really bad at it during COVID because we didn't do any of it. And it's taken people a long time to recover. So think about what you can do. I talk about Watch your body language, break the script, and 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 really and look into people's eyes because you look into their eyes, and then you got it. And listen. Well, Jane, I love I-, I love this because when COVID hit, what my very first episode after everybody shut down for COVID, I had an expert come on that talked about selling over video. She'd been doing that before it was a requirement, and I was like, this is something I was going to learn. And she made she made a statement that will resonate with you that I've never forgot. She said, uh, "TV news news uh, reporters and anchors they've had to sell over camera for years. Mm-hmm. They have learned to connect with people through a camera, uh-huh. and 
And us as salespeople and leaders are going to have to develop that same exact skill. So mm -hmm. what I love is how you talked about, like when you're on a, a video call, sometimes I've been on where it's just like, everybody's waiting for the person who's running the call to show up. And you're right. If you could start the, Hey, where are you at? Or, you know, whatever, there's so many ways to do it. Or even if you're with your own colleague and you're having, so it's not like dead quiet. There's something that happens when people come in and it's lively and yeah. it's, there's some energy. positive energy, that good vibe, right? Well, and I'll tell you one other thing is that your point about TV, you know, TV anchors and stuff. Yeah. We're doing a little TV production every time we're on a Zoom meeting. We're doing a TV show. Did you know that? Yes. And I learned a long time ago, like the very first days I ever anchored, that a television camera drains you of about 30% of your energy. So therefore, you have to amplify. Really? You have to add energy. Yes. That's so a really good thing to share. You naturally do that, but a lot of people don't. Well, I'm glad to know that. I've heard the I've heard the thing they say the camera adds adds some lbs on you, but I didn't realize it robbed you of your energy too. So that's a really good thing to know. Well, if you think about it, it's like it's a one dimensional versus three dimensional or something like that. I don't know, but it does. So you 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 have to amplify. All right. So we have about 10 minutes left on this. This has gone even faster than I thought. So we've anything you'd add on executive presence before we wrap that? Because there's a couple more things that I did want to make sure we at least touched on. It's been really fun. Thank you. This is even more fun than I thought it would be. I, I really am grateful that you joined me. Well, Do you have a final you. thought around executive presence? Do you feel like we did that one pretty well? Uh, it's uh, We talked about building your, your, you know, your network and your community and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I think, I'm, I think we're, I think we're pretty good. All right. Well, then I want to go to body language because you've talked about it so much. And, mm -hmm. and there's, listen, some people are still meeting face-to-face. -face. Some people are doing video, uh, like leading. Sometimes we have people in a room. I, one of my biggest clients, I, I work with large customers all around the world. And one of the largest ones has a travel kibosh. So they aren't meeting with their teams live like they used to right now. Um, any You've told us that 90% plus 93% is the tonality and the body language. Any advice on body language? Is there any way you can use your body language to make the point that make sure that's more than just the words? Yeah, of course. So uh, I talk about eye contact. Okay. Um, one of the things that if you're in a, if you're you know, in a, in a real setting, um, a face-to-face -face setting, and you've got several people in a room, I divide the room into three pieces of pizza. And okay. then I and then I will do, I will begin by looking down at the middle piece of pizza and say, hey, I'm here to talk to you today because we're, we've, we've got this wonderful new program we're initiating and there's so many different elements to it, blah, 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 blah. Finish that phrase. I moved one, the other side of the, one side of the room and I say my next phrase. And then I turn my head to the third side of the room and I say that phrase. So I'm making sure that every single person in that room feels included because what frequently happens in larger meetings is that there's one part of the room that feels like they're being excluded. I'm sure you've been in a place like that where nobody's yeah. looking over to the left and you're like, hey, what are we, chop liver over here? Yeah, so, um, well said. So, and then on a Zoom call, you gotta be looking up at the camera while you're talking, because if you don't, then, you know, you're, you're completely looking another way and people don't, you know, they don't know what's going on. So you, you got to be careful about that. Um, in a hybrid situation, 
One of the biggest complaints I hear is that, and this is on the facilitator who's ever running the meeting, is that the people who are coming in via some kind of a you know technology, be it Zoom or Google or whatever, um, they complain that there are side conversations going on in the meeting that they aren't hearing. Oh, okay. So if you are a facilitator, make darn sure that those people that are coming in, you know, that are up on the big panel, that they get an opportunity to hear and see everything because they feel excluded otherwise. Okay, now let's talk about our gestures. So we use our gestures to be able to um, illustrate what we're saying. Sometimes gestures are called our second language. And by the way, with with body language, we've only had a spoken language for 160,000 years. Before that, it was all about our gestures and, you know, that plea or whatever it's called. Um, And so... And, and we st- it's still so innate, and we don't even pay attention to it for the most part. I challenge you to do one of two things. Everybody on that in the audience, I challenge you to put on a show and put the sound off. And you will figure out what's happening in the show because of the way that they're acting towards each other. Think about silent movies. They didn't have scripts there. They didn't have sound. So, or go out and sit in a corner and watch people walk by and you instantly make up something about them. Like, ooh, that guy looks depressed. Why? Because they've got bad posture and they're slumping and they've got an ugly look on their face. Um, it's funny know. that you say that. This girl that is a, one of my friends, we were at dinner the other night and she was like, she pointed at the table. She's like, what are they talking about? We couldn't hear anything over the crowd noise. She's like, she started this game with me. What are we, what What are they talking about? And it was <laughs> awesome to start like trying to figure out what's their conversation about. Uh-huh. And to, as I was listening to you say, watch the show and do this. You're right. It reminded me of us doing this. It was, it was really, really fun. And it was really insightful on, I'm putting these pieces together now and just how important the way they emoted and the way they used their body was. Cause I could hear none of the words. So I didn't get voice or, or uh, what, what is the, 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 the word, the verbiage or the voice, the, yeah. or the verbal or the vocal. Verbal. All I got was the visual. All I got was the visual. But you, you, you make these assumptions yeah, and, and you do it before somebody opens their mouth, the way they walk in a room, the way they, the way they sit, the way they, you know, what, whatever it is, we make huge assumptions that then we get in our heads and it affects every single thing that we, that we believe of that person as they start to speak. Okay. I, uh, we're running out of time and I want to make sure we leave people, uh, time to hear how to get a hold of you and get what you have to offer. Cause you got a lot. So I got one last thing I want to ask you that we'll get a quick response to and I have a philosophy that as a leader, we can make, we have to learn how to make a point without making an enemy. Okay. Correct. It's really easy to make a point and have all kinds of collateral damage. It's really easy to say any questions about what I just said. Okay. But as a leader, we want to share communication in a way that has them wanting to do something about it. Not only do I understand, I want to, and not only do I want to, I know how, and not only do I know how I can. So any thoughts around that? I think that's a really positive way for us to finish. And then we'll let you share how to get a hold of you and give you a final thought and we'll be done. Okay. One of the things that I think is really effective is when you're, ha- so you're the leader, you're having this conversation 
And you can say something along the lines of what you might be thinking right now is this idea sounds a little crazy. So let me let me just explain to you how this began. Or it's 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 again, it's that idea of putting yourself in other people's shoes and thinking as you prep for this meeting, as you prep for whatever it is you're going to say, that you really think through clearly what are the questions that people might ask? What might not be clear to them? What can I do to make sure that I get the buy-in that I want? So put yourself in their shoes and think about what they're going to be, what they're going to, what they would come back at you and how they're going to accept what you're saying. Okay. What a great rule. If all you did was that you're going to be better, right? Right. I love it's, it. And it's so simple. And it's also, you make people feel included, use their names like their and, and ask their opinions. And as you go along, be, be very conscious, be very present and use words that you know are going to resonate with them and have your, have your tone of voice be one of, um, I don't want to say being conciliatory, but being one of kind of like, it's just a conversation. It's not me, the boss, standing here telling you what to do. It's a conversation. Love it. Jane, this was awesome. I'm sad that the 45 minutes went that fast. <laughs> hey. Listen, you have a lot of resources. Uh, you you are someone that our listeners need to connect to. You you have things that they need to, to learn about and see. For people that are interested in this, we just scratched the surface. We, we scratched the surface is all. How do our listeners get more of you? How do they ask questions to you? How do they connect to the things that you have to offer? How, how do they get more of you? So I have a website, which is just my name, janehanson.com, H-A-N-S-O-N. Um, and my email is jane at janehanson.com. It's pretty and, easy. <laughs> and we'll put those links in the show notes as well. We'll put those links in your LinkedIn into the show notes. Uh, oh, those yeah. are the best ways to get a hold of you. Just, yeah, just reach yeah. out. I mean, and you know, I'm on LinkedIn under just under my name. I've got, obviously, I've got Instagram and Facebook. And you, well, I'll get you those links so that you have them. We'll put them in there and, and uh, we'll make sure that it's easy for people to get a hold of you. This has been fantastic. You got a bunch, you got 50,000 people listening to us. This has been a great conversation. Any final thoughts about the art of communication as a leader? Any final thoughts you'd want to leave them with as we sign off? Just that it's really worth focusing on this. And if you want to get ahead, you want to move up the ranks, whatever you're doing. You want to have a better relationship with uh, your significant other. You want your kids to like you. Um, whatever, just communicate better. Think about what you're saying and doing and how you're doing it. And it's just tiny little, tiny little tweaks that can make an enormous difference. That is awesome. Her name is Jane Hansen. She is helping leaders all around the world understand what's the point in so many different levels. What's our message? What are we talking about? What are we supposed to do? If you if you apply her lessons of clarity and small, simple suggestions to just be a little more clear, just a little more often, I think what you'll find is the impact you have on a leader is gonna show up every part of your life. Just like she said, with your customers, with your team, with the other members in your life. Thank you, Jane. This has been fantastic. My recommendation to everybody listening to the show, reach out to Jane. Uh, 
and, and let's double down on just being a little bit better as communicators. And I think we'll make the world a better place. Thanks, Jane. You're very welcome. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has lived on Patreon, and it has grown to be the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. And I couldn't be more excited to share with you that Sales Leadership United now has its own home. Sales Leadership United has moved off of Patreon, and you can find us at salesleadershipunited.com. Listen, I coach over 100 sales leaders, and they're in big companies and small companies, new companies and mature companies, every industry, people that are new to leadership, people that are new to companies, people that have been in their company for 30 years, some of the most seasoned sales leaders in the world, and every single one of them wants more tools, more insights, more perspective. The question they always ask is, how do you create better systems? How do you create more foundations? How do you create change? How do you coach? How do you lead up, manage up? How do you connect to a totally different generation? But the number one question I get is, what are other leaders like me doing to solve problems like the ones I'm facing right now? And that's why you want to check out Sales Leadership United. I bring tools, training, techniques, perspectives that can only come from the benefit of thousands of hours of working with leaders from all around the world. If you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at the checkout page to get a free trial. Listen, in our history of our show, our our five-year history of the podcast, we've had a lot of award winners join us. All kinds of performance award winners, all kinds of game changers, legendary leaders have been part of this show. But this is the first time we've ever had an Emmy Award winner, let alone a nine-time Emmy Award winner. And Jane... She is undoubtedly someone who is an expert in using communication to connect. In our world of speed and efficiency, communications, it can be an easy casualty. Man, I see people choosing efficiency over effectiveness all the time. Like I see people quitting jobs over text. I have been in a room with my son where we're watching a show and he'll text me a message instead of speaking with me. And yeah, while the way we communicate has most certainly changed, One thing that has not changed is the fact that communication is arguably the most important skill a leader must have. Just this morning, I was speaking with a board member of a company that hired me to work with a team where the CEO and the VP of sales have an extremely toxic relationship. And the toxicity is 100% based in the communication challenges between both of them. Both sides have areas in how they communicate that have fueled this problem. And as I think about this, and as I talk about it now, as I think about this episode with Jane, I'm going to channel my friend, Mark Smith, who taught me that 95% of performance challenges, relationship challenges, resentments, frustrations, dislike, even anger, 95% of those things come from one of three things. Number one is unmet expectations. Number two is unreasonable expectations. Number three is unclear or unknown expectations. And he is right. Listen. This is just one symptom of breakdowns in communications. And when I say one, I mean expectations. Expectation problems is one symptom of breakdowns in communications. Lifting your communication game as a leader will help you in every single part of your job as a leader. You need to take this very seriously. You want to be extremely intentional. Remember, accidental anything as a leader, it results in average at best. And so... I, I, I want you to really take a minute and ask yourself, how can I get better? 
Because if you can get better, you'll have less expectation disconnect. You'll have more authentic connection and trust with those you lead. You'll increase your executive presence. You'll have more charisma and will be more relatable. But I think one thing that better communications creates is quite possibly the most important. It creates psychological safety. This is something that will help every aspect of your impact as a leader. Building better psychological safety will throw gas on the leadership fire. So this week, spend some time evaluating your leadership communications approach. How do you connect? How do you become more relatable? How do you use the visual element, the vocal element, the verbal element? Because 93% of communication is how you say it. Only 7% is what you say. Evaluate how you use clarity. Are you ultra clear, as Jane suggests? Because the most elite leaders are the most elite communicators. That's why I was so excited to have Jane join us, and she was better than I expected. So take a moment and make a plan on specific ways you can lift your communication game. Channel these tools that Jane has shared with us. Ask yourself, how can I be more intentional and connect with those that I interact with? Because... If even a nine-time Emmy Award winner needs to keep honing her communication game, then that means each of us needs to as well. And in our world as sales leaders, small, seemingly insignificant improvements create large, disproportionate advantages. So make the choice to get better this week. Be elite. Become a better communicator. Follow Jane's advice. Jane. Thank you so much for joining me. Congrats on your success. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on how to create more impact as a leader by being more intentional with how you communicate. Communications must be a leadership strength if you want to be an elite leader. So my advice, connect with Jane, reach out to her, leverage her resources, I've included links uh, to her and her resources to make it easy for you to use her tools and level up as a communicator. And then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United so you can get the video segments of the highlights of my conversation with Jane and other great guests that we've had on the show. I'll have several clips from this conversation with Jane that will be great leadership resources that you'll want to use with your team and for your own development. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for your ongoing support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you liked this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it and then get after it because life is short. There's no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize what you do today and then be elite, live strong and chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at J-E-P-P.
LegendaryMTG.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.